Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle, featuring your host, the writer, Chris Pike, and the scoring machine, Sean Redditch. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to our very first episode here of our second season of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Very special pre-Christmas edition, so Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. We're still three weeks away from the NBL season starting proper, but we wanted to give you a special Christmas treat here on our show. So we're back here, we've got a very special guest, we've got plenty to talk about, and of course, we'll hear from the legend himself, my co-host. I'm Chris Pike, back again for a second season. But the man that you have all tuned in to hear from, the Perth Wildcats legend, the scoring machine, Sean Redditch. Merry Christmas to you. How do we find you after this very strange 2020? Yeah, it has uh, something uh, I think all of us haven't experienced uh, a year like this, but we're back and uh, NBL basketball is back. Christmas just right around the corner. It's exciting time of year, and uh, and I'm excited to uh, to be back talking to you, Pikey, mm-hmm. and getting back into basketball news and information. Well, I'm excited that you're willing to do this with me. Let's be honest, you're you're one of the biggest names in NBL basketball history, and the fact that you're willing to put your trust in me and to do a show with me is something I I really appreciate. So thanks for being back again for a second season, Sean, with me. And also, as you would have noticed from our from our name, Hoop7 is back on board as well. So really appreciate Jason and his team at Hoop7 for backing us in. And, and let's be honest, making this show possible. We couldn't do this show without the support that Hoop7 have, have given us now for more than 12 months. So thank you for them for committing to being back again for a second season. Of course, if you're living in Perth right now, head straight into the city, go to Murray Street, head into their new store. It's it's a newly renovated store as of the last few months. They, the, the stock that they've got in there right now would rival any basketball store in the world. I've got no doubt. It, I'm, com, I'm just blown away by what I see in that, in that store, whether it's the variety of shoes or the variety of, of all types of basketball gear, whatever you can imagine, I'm blown away. So if, if you're in Perth, head into the physical store. But if you're anywhere else in the world, especially any other place in Australia, head to hoops7.com.au and... You can you can make your order and we'll have some special deals as we go along through through this season and some some code words to help you out. But gee, it's great to have have the support of of a company as trustworthy in 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 us like Hoops Heaven, Sean. It's great to have them backing us in. It is, and they you know, I've spent plenty of time on the on the Hoops Heaven website, so I, mm. I know that front to back. And uh, you're right, they got a lot of great uh, shoes gear. And, uh, you know, I've just spent uh, plenty of time. Uh, for me, living in Perth, it arrives uh, almost next day. So it, yeah, it's a fantastic um, business. And I, and I think with how well basketball, from what I see on, on the ground roots um, here here in WA, is, is a great place to be. And, and I'm, I'm sure that they're doing some, some great work out there. Absolutely. So thanks again to Hoop7 for their support. Now, since our last show, Sean, we did a an off-season show. I think it would have been back in about June, and we were talking about what was what was to come for the upcoming upcoming season. Might have even been earlier than than June, but we've still seen no NBL basketball since then. There's been a lot of a lot of a lot happening in the world since then. Um, what has the year been like for you? How how different has 2020 been to what you were expecting to get out of out of this year? Yeah, well, I think it I just changed everyone, I guess, plans. And to some degree, I was supposed to be going back to the U.S. Um, yeah. beginning of December. That obviously didn't happen. Um, and then from a, uh, from a, I guess, personal point of view, I mean, those few months in March, you're kind of just stuck at home. And, and in a way, it was actually kind of nice just to kind of relax um, and, and just kind of get back to the simple things in life, but I think we all wanted to get back to some sort of normalcy, and I think we're pretty lucky living over here in WA. It is uh, somewhat close. I was coaching on the weekend at the state champs, and you, you know, you've got thousands of people showing up to a basketball stadium to watch mm-hmm. kids play basketball. So we're, we're pretty lucky in that regards over here. I know it's been different uh, for especially over east and, and uh, 
particularly Victoria, and, and now you've been seeing a little bit in Sydney. But yeah. I think overall, you'd have to say Australia's, you know, they're living up to the name of, of the lucky country. And uh, it's great to see that, that basketball is back in the, uh, in the schedule. And let's just hope things continue um, to improve in, in Sydney and, and we can really get a season, a home and away season to some mm-hmm. degree. Not sure how that's going to play out with New Zealand, but for the most yeah. part, hopefully we can get a, a lot of games. And we'll talk about what the NBL has, has announced this week as well. It's an interesting new concept that they're, they're trialing. So it's a, it, it's been a strange year, but it, I'm definitely glad I'm in Australia. I'm particularly glad I'm, I'm in Perth and, you know, probably from July, it hasn't, my life hasn't changed that much in, in those mm. regards, other than not being able to go to see an NBL basketball game and, yeah. and be into a stadium. But um, I think we've been pretty lucky over here. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that you have a look at what's going on in the rest of the world and our life pretty much is normal here, here in Perth right now. Um, it's a, it's an amazing thing. Let's, let's hope it stays that way. As we've seen, you know, as you said, in Melbourne and Sydney, it can only take one case before things very quickly change, but let's hope that doesn't happen. Now, as you said, plenty of NBL news to talk about heading into the 2021 season. Before we get to that, and I pick your brain about that because I'm fascinated to get your thoughts on what the league has announced in terms of the schedule, I want to look back on our first season on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. We ended up doing 30 episodes in total, and take a listen to this list of guests that we spoke to. Dylan Boucher, Damian Martin, Drake Yu, Ben Madgen, Matt Flynn, Jesse Wagstaff, Mike Kelly, Mark Worthington, Adam Ford, Mitch Norton, Sean Dennis, Adam Gibson, Sean Bruce, Cody Ellis, Matty Knight, Corey Williams, Leonard Copeland, Matt Hodgson, Tom Abercrombie, Mika Vacona, Martin Catalini, Rob Beveridge, Galen Young, Ricky Grace, Stephen Way, Andre Brown, Tim Conrad and Alex Pledger. That is a who's who's list of of Australian and New Zealand basketball, which I feel pretty lucky that we were able to put together here on the show. It's a pretty impressive list there. Uh, you know, there's not many other basketballers out there. I think we've almost mm. covered all of them. So, uh, but I think we'll we'll be able to find plenty more in the upcoming season. And yeah, I enjoyed being able to see and talk to uh, you know some of the superstars of the sport and kind of get the inside knowledge on, you know, about their life and, and how they got where they are. And then just what's generally going around the league. I think it's one of the, uh, I guess the benefits of, of being in this position and being able to interview such great players. Mm, absolutely. Now that's, that leads into a question I wanted to ask you. Is there, is there a dream guest? Is there somebody who you would love to talk to more than, more than anybody on the show? It doesn't even have to be an NBL player. Is it anyone who has been involved in basketball probably who's a realistic target for us is there do you have a dream guest that you'd like us to try to get on the show this year well if anyone's ever come to one of my basketball camps i give out an award for the best teammate mm-hmm. um can you can you give me a guess on who that might be the best teammate and and this is in the world this is this is in the in the world so i might give it away there best teammate you have to narrow it down for me. He's now coaching. He coached his very first game today. Ah, okay. Uh, take... Canadian? Canadian? Canadian, yes. Canadian Canadian legend, um, Steve Nash. The Steve Nash. Yes, one, Steve Nash, my all-time favorite NBA player. If I could interview anyone, uh, he would be at the top of the list. So uh, there you go. I'm not sure that's, that's reachable. He might be a little <laughs> bit busy trying to uh, coach Kyrie Irving. <laughs> and Kevin Durant, yeah. but uh, maybe we can sneak in there at some stage and, and pull some connections. Okay, well, actually, I've got a connection. Now, Dave Daniels, who's a coach locally here in Perth with the Lakeside Lightning, he played at the Sydney Olympics alongside Steve Nash. So I wonder if we could try to swing something through there. Well, there you go. I was actually David Daniels' teammate as well back in 2003, I believe it was. And when I graduated, yeah, we played with on an Athletes in Action touring well, basketball I, I, team. Well, I've, I've talked to him about that Athletes in Action team, and he didn't even mention you. Oh, oh I, I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, well, that's you, next, next time, ask him about, 
Oh, really? Ask him about when we uh, matched up against Chris Paul in his very first game at Wake Forest. Maybe yeah. we can have him on the show. He can uh, relive, relive that, that moment for us. I'm actually a bit blown away that that's not one of the first things he mentioned, that he was, he was a teammate of yours. Um, he was quick to mention he was Steve Nash's teammate. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's where I sit on the pecking order, but I'll take that. <laughs> Steve Nash was unbelievable. Well, I think that sets the bar pretty high, but that's something to work towards. Let's, let's work on it. If we are sitting here this time next year and we've had Steve Nash on our show at some point, in the in the time in between, I think we could be pretty happy with it, happy with ourselves. So that, let's not give up on the dream, Sean. Hey, I always said uh, shoot for the stars. For sure. Whenever you're doing something. Now let's have a look at what we've got in mind for 2021. Now this is our first episode. We wanted to give everybody a special Christmas treat, so we're back till three weeks from the NBL season starting. But we'll talk about everything happening in the league right now, and then. As we get closer to the season in January, we'll be back on a on a weekly basis. We'll be releasing a show every week, heading into each round of the of the NBL. Or I guess once we get into the into the hub, we will have to find a way to to break it up some in some way because there'll be games pretty much every day. But we'll be back on a regular basis. We've got a special announcement we'll make later on as well with our guest on the show this week. We're going to speak to Damian Martin, and he's going to become a regular on on this show as well. That's pretty exciting, Sean, because to have probably the two greatest Wildcats players of the last 15 years, yourself and, and Damo together. I'm looking forward to being being able to speak to, to both of you guys on a, on a weekly basis, and I'm sure you're looking forward to keeping in touch with him too. Yeah, Damo is a one-of-a-kind, not uh, not only off-court but on the court, and uh, and I think we're, we're pretty, pretty lucky to be able to uh, have him give us his tips and his unique insight on uh, what he thinks is going to happen. So uh, let's hope his his insights are a little bit better than his NBA fantasy skills, but I expect some big things from Damo this year. And I expect you two to get pretty competitive too, so I'm looking forward to to that. Now, you had some pretty innovative ideas on your fourth quarter segment at times in our first season, Sean. I'm looking forward to getting that back up and running and seeing what you can come up with for this year as well. I'm I'm sure you're not afraid to, to think outside of the box a little bit. Yeah, I always love to, uh, you know, as I'm drifting off to sleep, I'm always thinking about how I can uh, make basketball even better. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure the NBL listened to a lot of the ideas, but uh, <laughs> we didn't have the NBL hub last year, did we? Maybe we did. No. No, I don't, I don't think I came up with that idea, so I can't claim no. it. But, um, but we, hey, we, we just want to get one one idea out there that they, they love and, and they take on board. Well, let's keep throwing throwing them out there. Eventually, we'll get something that, that sticks. Now, what we will also do, once the NBR season is up and running, we'll we'll have a regular Play of the Week award. We'll cast our votes for a Play of the Year award, which will follow. And on top of that, we want to get our listeners involved in those. So we'll, we'll come up with some special prizes thanks to our partners here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. So not only will we keep track of the players that are performing well, that'll be a nice way to reward our listeners for, for tuning in as well. Yeah, exciting, exciting times, and then hopefully uh, our listeners can get, get on board and uh, reward themselves uh, with some with some nice prizes there. Absolutely. Now, I think what everyone's tuned in for is to hear the latest news from the NBL and to get your thoughts, Sean, on what the NBL is planning for this 2021 season. Now, a couple of weeks back, they announced the first five rounds of the season, and outside of the New Zealand Breakers being forced to be based out of Melbourne and not being able to play any home games. It was home and away games for the other the other eight clubs for those first five rounds. But now, as of this week, from February 20, all the nine clubs will be heading into into a hub in Melbourne where 36 games will be played. That'll mean every team plays each other once. And it counts as part... This is where it gets a little bit interesting. It counts as part as of the regular NBL season, the wins and losses, but there's a... There's a separate NBL Cup, which is up for grabs over those 36 games. And there's prize money up for grabs as well. So the winner gets $150,000 if you win the NBL Cup, which is from those games played in the Melbourne Hub. Now, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for everyone to get their heads fully around it. What's your initial reaction to it, John? 
Look, I, I heard rumors that there were, there was going to be this hub, and I mm. thought that that was just kind of be something that was if it was needed. I didn't know it was going to be actually built into the season. Yeah. But now that they've have built it, and I can see why they've done it, um, especially if you look at the sporting landscape around the world. Uh, you know, teams are they're trying, they're having to reschedule games, they're having to do all this. If, if you've already got nine games kind of up your sleeve potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives, I guess, eight games um, for e- each team. Yeah, it gives yeah. you a, it gives you, I guess, a little bit of leeway in case. Uh, well, let's just say, at the moment, uh, I don't know how Sydney's going to play the Perth Wildcats with the border restrictions um, well, and how that works. Now, they? They, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's uh, so I can see why they're doing it. I didn't know it was going to be this early in the season. I like the. I like the concept overall, um, and probably it's probably a bit longer than you'd probably want as a player, um, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. Yeah. But you've got to get those games in. So I think for future years, you might just do a one-off. I'd like to see kind of a one-off knockout tournament yeah. or pool play, and then they go into to finals or something. I think you know you, you see that in soccer and with a lot of the cups. It just kind of gives it a bit of different um flair to something uh through the season and if you throw i mean one hundred fifty thousand dollars for these teams Absolutely. especially when uh especially when the players are taking when, a pay cut. yeah players yeah. taking a pay cut i don't know how it works uh, the sharing of that the one hundred fifty thousand dollars with the players i've mm-hmm. i've heard trevor gleason come out and say that you know they're they're not really worried about the nbl cup they're worried about the nbl championship you know, yeah, once you get into a competition, if, if, it's if, just if, if, like if I'm a player. I'm not. I'm not turning down twenty thousand dollars if that's potentially what you might get as a share. Oh, absolutely! And anytime you step out on the court, it's just like you know, in our NBA fantasy league, you throw some type of competition, you're going to compete. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, these guys haven't got to the level they they're at without having that that tenacity to compete out there on the basketball court. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to come in the final few rounds of this tournament and see how it's really is played. I mean, if you get down to a thing and you've got to win all four quarters, are you keeping Bryce Cotton on the court for 40 Mm -hmm. minutes? Are you keeping a Casper Ware out there a little bit longer than say you might, might need to or want to, um, to try and get that, that win. I'll, uh, it adds a little bit extra flavor to it. I like the idea that they get points for quarter wins as well yep, yep. Um, and just kind of throws in some, some extra incentives to make sure that you're, you're trying to win each quarter and, and uh, get the guys. Not that they need it, but it just gives you a little bit more. If you got a blowout loss, well, you're going to still be playing pretty hard if you know Absolutely. that you pick up an extra point there in that fourth quarter. Yeah, so that's to come up from February 20. So we'll talk more about it once we come back in January. But the season itself starts January 10 with Melbourne United playing the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix on the Sunday. Um, and then five days later, the Wildcats are set to play the Sydney Kings now at RAC Arena. But right now, the Kings would have to almost arrive next week to go through the two weeks of quarantine. That that start date has to be in serious jeopardy now, I would have thought. Yeah, and that's going to be, you know, t- telling someone the other day, I I don't uh, envy being a sports administrator at the moment, mm. trying to figure out schedules and border restrictions and, and just even flights and all that stuff yep. that, that comes in. You know, it's hard in a normal NBL season, but you throw in all these different things that we're, we're seeing, and I think it, it – it makes it um, it makes it a little bit more difficult, and you know I I, I don't know how they're gonna to make that. You, you're right. If it, the rules say you have to quarantine for 14 days, we have seen mm-hmm. some different rules um, that have come into play with uh, with sports, and we saw that in the AFL where they were able to quarantine at a hotel and those type of things. But um, I'll be interested to see. There's gonna be some decisions that gonna be need to be made over the next uh, few days, I'd imagine. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's happened very, very quickly because that, those 14 days um, would start, you know, pretty much the first of the year. So that's only a little over a week away. Now, there's plenty of plenty of news, obviously, um, over the last few months around the NBL. Let's do some rapid fire on some of the, the biggest news. Let's start at Melbourne United, Sean. They've added Scotty Hobson and Jock Landale, and they've pretty much kept the, the core from last year. 
aside from swapping out their imports, Sean Long and Mallow Trimble, um, I think they have to go into this season right now as, as the favourites. Yeah, I think so. I think that Jock Landale won. Uh, you know, when I watched him play with the Boomers, just loved his game and the way he can impact. Don't really see anyone like him in the league and that athleticism, being able to shoot the ball. Uh, you know, putting him next to Scotty Hobson and Chris mm-hmm. Golding, it's uh, they've got some weapons there, and I think um, I think they're going to be obviously the favorites going into this year, and, and well done on their recruiting. Absolutely. Now, plenty, plenty going on with the Sydney Kings coming off making the grand final last year. They've got a new coach, Adam Ford, somebody that you're obviously very familiar with. We'll take over from Will Will Weaver, who's now an assistant at the Houston Rockets, where Jay Sean Tate is with him as well, and he's been in the news a little bit a little bit recently as well. He's making an, making an immediate impact at the Rockets. Um, so the Kings also lose on top of Tate, Andrew Bogut, and Kevin Lish, but they still bring back Casper Ware, Brad Newley, Sean Bruce, Craig Moller, Daniel Kickett, Diddy Luzada. Um, I still think they'll be probably around the around the mark. Oh, they'll definitely be competitive, and and knowing Adam Ford, uh, credit to him, he's been able to uh, persevere there in in some of those assistant roles to finally get the the gig. And I, you know, I think he he deserves to be able to uh, to give a shot at it. And I think he's, you know, he knows the league so well, and he knows a lot of those guys. And um, one thing about him is he's just a workhorse, and he's going to be prepared for the season and uh you know i think it's it's a good get for the sydney kings and just looking the but the fact that they lose bogut they lose tate who i thought might have been their most important player last year and just what he brought he he was kind of that draymond green glue guy obviously um they loved him uh so much he's now in the nba i'm not sure i saw that um connection there Mm. but uh, the thing just shows you the, the recognition mission that the NBL is getting around the world that a guy like Jason Tate, who probably didn't come here with two higher reps, no, uh, but no. uh, had, had an outstanding season and, and is being rewarded for that. And then lose Kevin Lish as well. I mean, we, we'll hear uh, Damian Martin talk about Kevin Lish a little bit later on, but mm. you know, he just has so many intangibles. But he's also going to be uh, still around as they announced him as an assistant coach. Yep for Adam Ford. So, uh, you know, be able to have him on the bench is going to be invaluable, but I'll be interested to see. It's always tough being a rookie coach in the league and especially a a team like the Sydney Kings who had success last year and uh, got to that grand final and just came up a little bit short, but they were the, uh, the class of the league last year. So be interested to see if they can, they can back that up this year. Now, a man, you know, very well, he was responsible for getting you, to the Olympics, Brian Gorgian is back in the league, coaching at the Hawks. What can he do? What can he do for do with that team? Well, the one thing about Brian Gorgian, he's going to have that team competing. Uh, you just always felt like the teams that he coached and, and came up against, they just played extremely hard. They were super prepared, and uh, you know, there's there's no coincidence that I think every team he's a coach has made it at least to the semifinals here in the NBL. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, he, he's coached a lot of, a lot of teams for a long time, a long time in this, time, this yeah. league. And uh, it's, you know, there's been rumors over the years that he was going to come back. I thought if he came back, it would kind of be with one of the bigger clubs, us Sydney yep. Kings, Melbourne United, maybe even the Perth Wildcats at some mm-hmm. stage, but um, for Illawarra to get him down there is 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 a huge gift for them, and uh, you know I'm excited about what the what they can bring. I think they kind of needed a, a new blood and new direction, and yeah, that's definitely what they got with with Brian Gorgian. One of the biggest signings was Lamar Patterson going to the New Zealand Breakers, and that's a great signing for them. But can you imagine how tough it's going to be for the Breakers to potentially be? away from home for this entire season, which means they're already, they are already in Melbourne now, so they're already away from home. Um, there's a, if we're going into April and May, they could be away from home for five or six months. That's It's really tough to get your head around. Uh, you know, there's times where we have had, when I was playing, eight, nine, ten-day road trips, and at the mm. end of those ten-day road trips, you just felt 
exhausted yeah. and uh, and ready to uh, to have a, a two week holiday. I can't imagine what it could potentially be three, four, five months away from your family, friends, home, most likely in a in a hotel or some type of environment that you're not yeah. used to. It's uh, it's going to take a lot of I guess mental fortitude to really mm. still be at the top of your game. And, and you look at the NBL, all you have to be down is by five, 10% off your best. And it's going to be tough to get wins. So Absolutely. when you don't have that home crowd, I think it's going to be hard. I'm obviously a great signing Lamar Patterson, one of the best players in the league over the last couple of years. So uh, you can't uh, doubt that he'll make them competitive, but I just think overall it's, it, you know, they're behind the eight ball in that regards. The Cairns Taipans were pretty much the fairy tale story of last season. Obviously, lost in three games in that semi-finals to the Wildcats. Um, now, to be for them to be able to bring back Scotty Machado and Cam Oliver is huge. They were always going to have to lose one of the three imports because we the league was dropping an import. So, unfortunately, they had to lose DJ Newell. But um, to be able to get Machado and Oliver back, and pretty much the rest of the same group outside of Newell. Um, that's pretty exciting, I think, for the Thai fans. Yeah, and, and you know, when the Thai fans are able to get keep those key guys, I mean, they're two of the best imports we saw in the league last year, and to be able mm-hmm. to keep them, have some continuity with that is, is going to be huge for them. And, I, you know, I'll probably put them in the top four because of that yep. and where they um, where they sit because, you know, Machado, is, I just love his game. It just makes everyone else better. And uh, Cam Oliver can do stuff out on the court, a little bit like Jock Landale that mm-hmm. um, yeah. that that no one else can do. You know, just the athleticism, the rim protector, but then can shoot the ball. Hey, it's it's, uh, it's it's it's, it's, it's a lethal inside outside player. Yeah, yeah, lethal combination there. And and the fact that they're able to uh, come back and they've already got that connection is going to give Mike Kelly, uh, I think, a strong start to the season. Now. Fascinated to see your thoughts on the Perth Wildcats. Obviously, huge news to bring Bryce Cotton back, but at least on paper, you'd have to say not quite as strong as last season. You take out Nick Kay, you obviously you take out Tariko White, Damian Martin, Miles Plumley, um, now Majuk Majuk out injured, and also Reese Vague, pretty much to be replaced by Todd Blanchfield, John Mooney, Kevin White, and Jared Bairstow. On paper, it's not as strong, but... As we know, you can never never rule the Wildcats out. No, you can. Anytime that you know you've got Bryce Cotton out there is going to give them a shot. I mean, clearly, um, you're the best player or one of the best players in the league um, over the last couple of years, and some would say quite possibly could have had the, the greatest three four year stretch mm-hmm. we've seen here in the NBL. So it's a it's a huge kit for him i just think the the one they're really going to miss is nick k for me i yeah. think uh, you just watching john mooney play you know he can go back that four five but just those little things that nick k brought is uh is going to be tough and just gave them a bit of versatility and, and i guess my other question mark there is just the size i know they're waiting on bryce cotton citizenship and mm. and if that that comes through they could look at a fog which i think they really need they need to yeah. get someone that can can rebound and protect the paint like Plumley did. And, um, you know, I think Mooney can play the fob. I just don't feel like he's uh, going to be able to be effective there at long stretches of time and, and rebounding. Uh, you know, Wildcats have always been a great rebounding team, but you take out some you – know, Nick Kay was an outstanding rebounder. Um, and Jacques was an outstanding rebounder. Mm-hmm. So some of these guys that they're bringing in, you know, Barristow's basically a rookie, hasn't tested white. I think, you know, they brought him in for his toughness and leadership and obviously yeah. losing Damian Martin's going to um, going to be a tough one to fill. And, and you know, you're never going to replace a Damian Martin with with any one guy. But uh, they, they seem to like I was at the launch. They seem to really like Kevin White mm-hmm. and, uh, and and what he can bring. I'll be just be interested if they can, you know, find that consistency early on. It's, it could be tough, especially if some of these border restrictions and they do have to go over east to kind of find their feet with a, with such a new-look squad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, one one last point, and then we'll get to Damien Martin here on our first episode back of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Some of the names that we won't be seeing in the league this season, obviously Damien Martin's one of them, but also Mika Vakona, Alex Pledger, 
Tim Conrad, Dave Anderson, Ben Madgen, Kevin Lish, Andrew Bogut. There's some all-time great players that have now either retired or are just not finding a roster spot now for the upcoming season. Yeah, big losses for the league. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a bigger competitor than than Mika Bacona. So, you know, I personally hated to go against him, but loved to watch him the way he competed. And, you know, Timmy Conrad is an interesting one because I thought he could kind of slip in to that Brian Gorgian squad the way he shot the ball and just just a little bit more veteran presence. But clearly, uh, you know, the Hawks went went a different route, which you can understand as well, given the you know some of the I guess struggles they've had over the last couple of years. And, and obviously, David Anderson, all-time winningest player, Ben Matchin. I thought he might give a, another year around, and I think Lish yeah, and I is more just an injury thing. Um, and and it's unfortunate. I mean, those guys are just uh, some of the best we, we've seen play. So you know, it, it's tough to lose such great players. But one thing I've found out about basketball and then especially once you retire, you, you get replaced pretty quickly and <laughs> we'll be talking about the next person. Um, and, and just watching some of the preseason highlights already, there's some exciting prospects uh, coming out of here, uh, coming out to play NBL basketball. Yeah, absolutely. We're not going to be short on talent in this NBL season. Now, Sean, that was a lot to cover in our first segment back. So I hope everyone enjoyed getting your insights on what's been happening in the NBL, we'll take a breath, and when we come back, we'll be speaking to Damian Martin, I think one of your favourite teammates, six-time championship winner, six-time Defensive Player of the Year, award winner, 342 NBL games, and now he will be handing out the Damian Martin Defensive Player of the Year award to NBL players moving forward. So when we come back, we'll be speaking to, to Damian Martin. Okay, back here on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle, our very first show back now for, well, for 2021, even though this is now near the end of 2020. And and a man who, well, we did speak to a couple of times in our first season here on the show, and he's going to be a big part of our show now moving into 2021. And he's a Perth Wildcats legend. He's now got a, he's got an award from the league named after him already, even though he's, he's only six months into retirement or nine months into retirement. Damo, thank you very much for joining us. How's how's retirement life treating you so far? Uh, so far, so good. I uh, I wake up and I don't cringe when I take my first few steps, wondering which Achilles <laughs> is going to give way or which knee is going to be aching. And, and instead, it's probably the worst my body's ever looked, but the best it's ever felt. So mm. I can't complain too much. I actually played uh, a game for the first time since uh, the full Achilles reconstruction up in Karatha. I didn't get out of first gear. I didn't jump. Uh, we lost by 15 and I was sore for five days, so retirement was the right decision. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to kind of reaffirm that, that uh, it is. Is it Now, you know, we're coming into the NBL season. How, how are you feeling um, now that it's probably going to hit home, uh, I guess, when game one tips off uh, in a short little bit? Yeah, I think you're right. Because of all, you know, COVID and the restrictions, you know, I wasn't even allowed to go in and watch the guys train because I wasn't a contracted player. And because I moved straight into, you know, life after basketball, I didn't realise how quickly you do move on from it. But now that we're about to see games, you know, at RAC Arena, you know, Wildcats tipping off against the Kings, I'll, I'll certainly miss it. I wish I was out there on the court, but I have no delusion of whether I'd be able to keep up with those guys these days. And I'll be happy joining the Red Army on the sideline. And just looking, just and what is what is the uh, schedule now for you in retirement? What does uh, retirement look like for a Damian Martin after such an incredible career? Uh, the last two seasons, I was with the Cats. I'd finish training, you know, do recovery, have some lunch, and then I'd head over to um, a real estate office. I'm a part owner of a real estate company. Uh, in Mount Hawthorne, five kilometres north of the city. And then I also work with a foundation where I get to oversee the basketball program. And we're predominantly running clinics and camps throughout the Pilbara, so anywhere from Carrasco to Roebert, Wickham, down to Onslow. And that takes up a lot of the school holidays. So I love it. I took my wife and kids up there for two full weeks in the Pilbara where we were coaching every single day. And, and the days where we'd finish early, we'd drive three hours to a different part of the Pilbara and just to be able to spend that quality time with, with family and friends coaching a game I still love. It's a nice way to stay involved in the game. 
uh, and you know then come back and get back into trying to sell some houses. So <laughs> kind of juggling a few things and then a little investment company. So I'll, you know I'm enjoying learning some things completely different from offenses and defenses, but in saying that, still getting out there and coaching a little bit on the side. Now we're about to celebrate Christmas, and you're well. I mean, for the last ten years at least, you're. Every Christmas, you've either been playing games right after Christmas and playing games straight after, so you really haven't had any time off. What's it now like getting to enjoy a Christmas where basketball hasn't hasn't taken it over? Oh, I'm so excited. I, it's <laughs> been amazing just the build-up to it because normally you are. You look at the schedule and go, okay, we get you know Christmas Eve off, but we are training Christmas morning, and then we're mm. flying out Boxing Day, and, and that's kind of been the routine the last few years. So knowing that there is... No excuse not to go and have fun with your family and friends who are visiting and, and not have to worry about waking up and heading into training. I'm excited. You know, I bought the world's biggest blow-up Santa, so I think it's about six <laughs> metres tall. Completely inappropriate. I think my neighbours <laughs> hate me, but, uh, yeah, it's huge Santa out the front. My, my daughters, Maggie and Bonnie, absolutely love it when we get to turn Santa on so he blows up each morning and then just getting right into the spirit of Christmas and, and doing things I was either too sore to do by going mm. and walking around doing the Christmas lights or had commitments, you know, interstate with games. So very much looking forward to Friday. So is there a secret Santa in the Martin household? Is there a secret Santa? Yeah. I mean, it, you, yeah. obviously, you, you, the Wildcats, we used to do the secret Santa each year. So I didn't know if you're, you're trying to bring that tra- tradition over to the Martin household. We, we do. So Christmas morning, I'll be waking up with my two daughters and then my wife's brother's family and his kids. And then Christmas lunch, we've got to head down to Rockingham to my cousins. And on that side of the family, we've all got, all got a $25 secret Santa. And mm-hmm. as you know, when years gone by, there were some pretty inappropriate presents exchanged at the old <laughs> Wildcats secret Santa. So I don't know how that'd go down with my auntie opening some of those gifts. So I, I think I might reel it in a little bit and keep it a bit more tame this year. It's a good point. What's the best gift you remember seeing from those secret Santas? I think we can can count this as a non-PG show if we need to. <laughs> I'll, I'll let Shawnee answer. I'll let Shawnee, but there were some good ones at James Ennis, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the all blend in each year. <laughs> what about the Christmas lunch? Is there something you're looking forward to eating that you haven't been able to eat while you're in the middle of an NBL season? Uh, not so much not being able to eat, but the one excuse I always had with training on Christmas morning was I didn't have time to go and get the, the ponds and seafood. And so <laughs> all these years of me saying, you know, the fake offers of, guys, I would, but, you know, I've got training. <laughs> so, you know, Brittany made sure I'm in charge of the prawns and, and the rest of the seafood. So <laughs> called on some friends who are, who are fishermen themselves. So I've got some fish to mm-hmm. go collect. And then in the morning, uh, tomorrow morning, Christmas Eve, I'll be at Inaloo Seafood Markets, lining up with hundreds of other people who were silly like me and left it to the last minute. So uh, I'll be there doing my part for uh, the Christmas lunch. But, yeah, I, I just love being outdoors with the kids, with family, having a big seafood meal before, you know, that afternoon nap and relaxing. We we probably won't spend too much time today talking about basketball with you, but um, after everything that's happened during 2020, the fact that you got to finish... Winning a championship, being the championship captain the way you did. I know that there were strange circumstances and you didn't actually get to win it on a court. You didn't actually get to celebrate in front of fans. But the fact that that's the way you got to finish your career, um, no matter what, no one can ever take away that you finished as a championship captain in your in your last, last season. Um, how do you look back on it now? Oh, it was incredible. I looked at, you know, when Shawnee retired, we got to go out with the championship. And then the yep. following year was, you know, Greg got to do it. And you just hope that, you know, <laughs> like doing it for your teammates. And it's funny that when we got announced as the championship winners, we were literally sitting in a semicircle mm-hmm. in the Mike Ellis boardroom. And, and they announced it on Fox Sports. And it felt like I'd gone to clap twice. And I looked up and there's Bryce Cotton in my face. He'd like ran from one side of the room to the other and, and gave me a big huddle and whatnot. And, and probably his reaction was even more special and made it more meaningful than how I initially felt hearing that we'd won it. <laughs> because mm. in that moment, not only did it become real, but then you saw his reaction and kind of how I felt with how Sean went out and Greg went out. You know, you know, Bryce kind of made me feel well, that's what it meant to him. And, and that for me was really special because, you know, I've said it a million times, it's definitely not my quote. 
for them. Might have been Nick of the Conas and Matty Nielsen used to say it. Um, but play for the two R's, rings and relationships. And, yeah. and in that moment, I've got to experience the best of both, winning a championship and then having, you know, a mate, you know, who will be a forever friend um, right there celebrating with me, knowing that, you know, there's only a few people who knew I was retiring by then, and he was certainly one of them. Yeah, I imagine that would have been a... Um... I mean, if if in the back of your mind you kind of knew that retirement was was coming, uh, you know, you're pretty fortunate, I think, um, to be able to go out as a champion. Obviously, you would have probably wanted to celebrate that on court, but does that give you a sense of almost a bit of peace about the decision, knowing that, that you went out on top? Yeah, definitely. I, I went through all the emotions of retirement early in the year when I knew I had to get, you know, full Achilles reconstruction. Now, the, the nervous part was, and the frustrating part was not being able to do physically what my mind was telling me to do because, you know, I was playing with a torn Achilles, but then also being nervous about, am I going to completely tear it during this game? If I, if I tear it even one more percent, then it's taken out of my control and I'm going to have to get, you know, surgery now opposed to trying to delay it to the end of the season. So once I got through that kind of initial anxiety and frustration and being nervous about the injury itself, then I started to appreciate all the little things I've probably taken for granted the previous, you know, 12 or 13 seasons. So, you know, I, as you know, Sean, I hate warm-ups, just let's play. But even like warm-ups, just enjoying the banter and all the skill development and all those things I used to try and rush through just so I could get to the scrimmage part of the training. All of a sudden, I started to appreciate these things more and more and more because I knew this could be the last time I'm doing it. And if it's not the last time I'm doing it, it's definitely the last time this, you know, it'll be the last season I'm doing it. So this gave me a greater appreciation of time left in the game and, and what the game has done for me and the mateships and my family. So, yeah, it was a roller coaster of a season emotionally. But then when I got over that hump of frustration and anxiety, I just appreciated the sport more than ever. And going out with the championship made, you know, playing and, and living in that pain and delaying the surgery certainly worthwhile. And did you consider at any point that last year actually coming out and kind of saying this was my last last season? Or did you just kind of plan, look, I'll just make that call at the end of the season? Yeah. Uh, there was a few times Trev, you know, called me into the office and he said, you know, do you want to announce it? you know, and tell the boys what's going on. And, and initially when I just flat out wasn't training at all, there was about three weeks where I just wasn't training, I'd just play. It, it got to the point where, I, you know, I'd said a few things to the boys just say, look, guys, just so you know, I'm not avoiding training. I'm not not training just because I'm old. <laughs> you know, I've got a few things going on, a few niggling injuries, I'll take care of it and we'll be fine. And then it got to a point where, you know, the, the injury was getting a bit too crazy. So they forced me into a mood for a while. And after that, even though I never told any of them, or I think Jesse may have known and Bryce may have known, a couple of the guys, uh, I think everyone else started to catch on to it. So I never addressed it. I never formally announced that, you know, the injury I had or that it would be forcing me into the surgery, which would obviously be forcing retirement. But, you know, one by one, I think a few more guys started to clue on to it. But no, I never just felt the need to announce it. It's, for me, it wasn't about that, and it wasn't a necessary thing to draw any, you know, light to. Plus, on the flip side, I still wanted to get out there, play, and guard the best players on the opposition team. And if I was going against the goal and a busted Achilles, I'd just be attacking him all day, and that was not going to help my cause in trying to help, you know, the team still win a championship and try and help in any way I could. So, you know, my minutes obviously dropped significantly, and, and Nordo was doing a hell of a job. But in the five to fifteen minutes I was still playing. I'll make sure they were, they were quality five minutes, not letting my teammates down for those minutes. Yeah, I think that's a credit to to you, and and basically, uh, I think sums up how uh, how you, your career kind of the sacrifices you made for for the team, and um, and probably why the teammates loved you so much. So it's uh, you know I think you can be definitely proud of of what you achieved, and um, you know I think. Any of us have thought back in 2010 when um, when you arrived uh, over here in the Wildcats that you you know be a part of um, I guess what some could say that, you know the greatest era of, of basketball we've seen here um, in the NBL. So I think uh, a big reason was uh, number 53 head, heading out west. So I think uh, you can sleep well when you hit hit the pillow at night. No, I do appreciate that, and a lot of my day today tendencies or what became routine and the normalities were just based on literally watching you and how you approach the game. I had two years in Sydney where I thought what a new 
I knew what it meant to be a professional athlete. The difference between being professional where you get paid to do it and elite where you do all those cliche one percenters, and, and you did it. So I, uh, I do a few speaking engagements, and I'm glad you're never in the room because I don't want to blow your ego up. But uh, I do credit <laughs> you with learning what it actually takes to get the utmost out of your, your abilities so, and longevity in the game. So uh, I've always said a big thank you to S. Reddick, and I dare say your jersey if you retired. Up in the rafters this season, um, in some states. So I was just lucky enough to play along some of those greats over the last 11 years, yourself included, Matty Knight, Jane Dennis, Kevin Wish, Bryce Cotton, Jesse Wagstaff, Greg High, like just some great people, great players, uh, and lifelong friends. Well, you talk about great players in there. I'm just curious, who was the toughest guy that you had to guard um, in your NBL times? And I know. You know, taking wildcat players out that you had to guard in, in a on a on a daily basis in practice, but just on the opposition, who was the toughest one that you probably had to face? Um, oh, look, it's going to sound biased because he, he was a teammate at one stage. I, I loved, I actually generally enjoyed it, but he was tough. Kevin Lynch, he's bloody control because he can shoot the ball so well, but he's never off balance. So if guys are super quick, you just find the distance you've got to guard them at. But when guys uh, go quick, slow, change of direction, change of speed, and shoot the ball well, and I can stop on a dime and, and, and shoot the ball as well as Kev did, I just knew that if I ever took a possession off or I was out of my stance, that he'd exploit that. Because he could go left or right. He could do step back, set all these different moves. So I, you know, he was one of those guys that I just remember every single game we play against this, whether you're playing for Illawarra you know, or Sydney, that being a stance, have your hands up, don't fall for anything and uh, let's make it a contested shot. And yeah, so Kev, I just thought if I can teach young kids who aren't you know, the most athletic, but teach them what he does with his body control, changing paces, changing direction, and the way he shoots the ball, little head fakes. Um, yeah, I, I've always respected the way Kev played because I would finish the game as much mentally fatigued as I was physically fatigued because you just couldn't take a possession off at all. If I think back to one guy that you played against that I'll probably remember more than anyone. It's probably Cedric Jackson, and the fact that the fact that you won a grand final MVP on the on the back of the way you defended him and shut him down is that is that something that you'll always be pretty proud of? Yeah, I love the rivalry we had because I don't mm. know what the numbers were, but maybe five out of six grand finals. You know, we we played New Zealand uh, played New Zealand in them, or yeah. we played them in either the semi-finals or the grand final. So the postseason rivalry we had in particular with you know Ced at the front for them was incredible. So, yeah, he was... I, I just loved how competitive he was. Like, mm. uh, that's what stand out the most, stood out the most when playing against the breakers and in, in particular Cedric Jackson. So, I uh, yeah, I look back at those, you know, early 2010 to probably like 2014, 15, and loved, you know, whether it was CJ Bruin, Cedric Jackson, you know, Braswell. Mm. They just had com competitive guards. Uh, and it was good fun guarding them because I was the, the young fella coming to the league. You had the MVP in Cedric Jackson and a couple of the older being there done that players with Braswell and, and CJ Bruton. Even Hanari was a was a hell of a guy to compete against as, well, as well. And Paulie and Hanari, yeah, you know, yeah. there you go. Like Paulie was a great leader because I played him in the really early days of my career. Yeah. Just seeing how he led the guys, and I was like, now this is a guy that his teammates, you know, respect. <laughs> with the utmost respect between he and, you know, Nick and Adam McCord at the same time, mm. you're like, there are no shorts going to be taken by any team these guys are on. Now, you mentioned the potential of a jersey retirement earlier, and I, I, that was something I wanted to bring up. Um, are you willing to say here on the show that you wouldn't accept the number 53 going up in the rafters and unless the number 42 went up first? Oh, I think yes, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> I mean, I... Look, I think everyone will agree that Sean's number is going to get retired. I don't know the rules around how long they're supposed to be retired for before that happens, but um, yeah, no, it's inevitable that we see Sean's jersey up there alongside Grace, Lyle, Fisher, Crawford, you know, you name it. Mm. Ellis, it's mm -hmm. a deserving and fitting reward for him. And uh, it'll definitely, I don't, I don't know if mine will ever go up there, but he definitely will. And uh, we'll so way before mine, if mine ever does, uh, you know, we'll we'll I, that honor. I, I think uh, I'll pay that right back at you. I, I know there's no way that Damian Martin doesn't uh, get up there in the rafters. But one thing I would like to see 
is Damian Martin's statue right outside where the opposition <laughs> where the opposition players have to walk by, <laughs> and you actually are in the middle of the doorway or something. They actually have to be reminded how tough it was. And they just get scared <laughs> when my finger is pointing every which direction. My uh, my wife and kids make fun of me because they just like Bonnie, uh, Maggie still introduces herself as Maggie Martin from the Perth Wildcats. And then whenever she sees my fingers doing weird things, she's like, oh, Daddy, that's from your swords from basketball. I'm like, yeah, sweetie, I get it. My fingers are busted. So hopefully I scare them with how my fingers look. <laughs> now, Jamo, we also wanted to get you on the show this week, on our first show back for this season, to, to formally welcome you as a as a regular regular guest here on the, on the, the show as well for the upcoming NBL season. Every every week when we do our preview and tip segment, you're going to be joining us and offering your expert expert insight. Um <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to seeing some of the some of the battles between you and you and Sean and, and keeping a running tally and, and see who can come out on top. <laughs> Sounds good to me. It's uh it is funny because I still keep in contact with, you know, some of the current players you know, and Jesse Wagstaff and Mitch Norton. Uh, and it's it's pretty funny just hearing them talk about the new guys. I'm like, man, I better start watching some games because there's already players I've, you know, don't realise who they were or how well they're mm. doing in training. So now that I know it's competitive, Sean, I'm, I'm coming up against Sean, you better believe I'm watching every single game <laughs> of the NBL. I'm taking notes, I'm doing research just for the mere fact of winning a, a prizeless competition about Ants Redditch. <laughs> well, for, for those that... Uh... That are uh, new to uh, new to our broadcast here. I mean, let's just put it out there. Let's let's hope your tipping skills are a little bit better than your uh, NBA fantasy skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't had much luck in the last six or seven years. Here's a story for you, Parky. So back in, uh, I'm guessing about 2013, we were really competitive with our NBA fantasy league. And it was coming into an important part of the fantasy season as it was the NBL season. So we were playing Illawarra in Illawarra in a semi-final game. And I swear, I heard Sean's alarm go off at 5 a.m. so he could pick, pick, like, get one of the waiver pickups as soon as we released the day of that NBA schedule. So if anyone wants to go back and watch a replay of that game, I'm pretty sure you see Sean Redditch uh, yawning several times throughout the game. But hey, he got the win in fantasy NBA and uh, the rest is history. Well, the one thing yeah, you know that, about that, Sean, that, the one thing you know that about is Sean, true. sorry, is that if he commits to something, he commits fully to it. He, he's, he's the most professional and competitive person that you'd ever come across. He just he hates losing more than anyone you, you would ever meet. Yeah, no, that, that, that sounds about right. I can't wait for our kids come up against each other <laughs> at school sport. It's just going to be the rivalry will be immense, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. <laughs> well, yeah, I think yours are a little bit younger younger than ours. Actually, I've uh, my uh, my son was playing against Tony Ronaldson's son a few weeks back, so uh, <laughs> we're, we're kidding. We're, you know, it's it's coming full circle at the moment. I think uh, Trevor Gleason was coaching. <laughs> on the weekend at the state champs, Andrew Vlahoff um, was coaching his child, and then uh, I, I was coaching mine as well. So, uh, welcome to the club, Damo. Uh, I can't wait to see when Maggie uh, starts dribbling the basketball. It's uh, it is funny that out of the blue, nine years of silence, I retire, and now Martin Catalini calls me saying, "When are we catching up for a round of golf?" So it's good to be in the retired. Got a club of the Wildcats, and I'm looking forward to all these catch-ups because I've only heard about them, but I'm sure it'll be a good laugh. Well, uh, you're, uh, you're you're welcome in the club. Well, Cat was another one we had on our show on this show last year too, and we'll have to have him again, Sean, because I, I don't think you got to catch up with him last year. I think I spoke to him on, on my own, but to to get you to get the three of you together would be would be something something pretty special. But what we're going to do, Damo, um, when we come back just before the season starts, we'll get you on again. And we're going to pin some season predictions on on you and Sean as well. And you, you're both going to let us know what you think we're going to see this season. And we're going to hold you to those predictions too. So start doing your homework. <laughs> Sounds good. I don't mind putting my hand up and saying I'm biased. So three feet for the Wildcats, Bryce back-to-back MVP. But, hey, I'll announce it in a few weeks anyway. <laughs> Perfect. Um, uh, thanks very much, Damo. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Sean say goodbye to you. But thanks for joining us and Merry Christmas and... We'll catch up again early in January. Uh, Thanks, Demo. Merry Christmas to you and your listeners as well.
Merry Christmas to you. We, uh, I think definitely, uh, something on the lawn, you know, we've got to make this competitive. So, uh, we'll, we'll announce what will be on the lawn in our, our tipping contest for the NBL season. Sounds good. I think it's like everyone that participates in your school, your before school program gets it for free if I win. Oh. And if they lose, I'll pay for my kids to attend. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <Done>. fair. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay, back on Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. It was good fun chatting with, with Damo Sean, and we're going to be doing a lot of that throughout 2021. So there'll be plenty more for us to explore with Damien Martin as we get underway in January when we come back for the show. Um, now, Redditch Basketball, from everything I can tell and everything I can see, it seems to be going from strength to strength despite the troubles that you know the world has had in 2020. Um, how good of a year has it been for, for your growing business and, and coaching, Sean? And what are some of your plans to look forward to for 2021? Yeah, it's been uh, been challenging year at the start. But, uh, you know, we finished off strong in the third and fourth quarter. And uh, we get to, uh, we've been able to uh, get more kids playing basketball than we ever had before um, at a lot of schools. And just loving being able to share the game basketball and just looking at basketball from a grassroots point of view i think it is really exploding i'm not sure the rest of the, the country uh i've heard good things and 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 i think uh, the game is 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 really catching on um, almost back to kind of the heyday but uh over here in the west i think a lot of kids are uh picking up a basketball which is great to see and you know driving around uh, some of the parks even seeing a reddish basketball shot um, on those uh, park rings, it, it brings a smile to your face. So it's uh, it's been a good year, and uh, excited about 2021. Got lots of camps. Got even got a couple of camps. There are three camps we're running in in January, so it's yeah, going to be a busy month of January. But we're excited, and uh, we love what we do. We want to see more and more people in those reddish basketball shirts as well. So if you're all listening to this show, start, keep tuning in in 2021. And as part of the prize packs we're giving away, Sean, let's make sure there's some Redditch basketball shirts is part of that. Well, I, I got my garage full of them at the moment, so uh, <laughs> I need to give I need to give a few of them away, Pikey. Well, there we go. <laughs> if if you're a listener, send us a message right now, and we'll get a shirt out to you straight away. So, if you want an early Christmas present, get in touch with us, and we'll get it get it out straight straight to you. Now, 2020 was a year where, for the first time in your, gee, I don't know, first time in 30 years, probably, Sean, that you didn't play basketball at a, at a high level. How, how did you find it? Yeah, well, I was getting ready to play. I was going to yeah. play in the uh, SBL. Um, about two weeks before COVID hit, uh, I knocked knees with, with one of my teammates on the Hawks. Just thought it was a bit of a uh, bruise and ended up having a, uh, a torn meniscus. So I uh, had mm. surgery and uh, wasn't able to play in the West Coast Classic. And unfortunate, uh that happened, you know, I miss playing. I miss the competition. Probably a little bit like Damo. Don't miss waking up sore, mm. and uh, and I definitely don't miss all, all the travel that that you have to do when you're playing at that high level. But uh, yeah, it was it was good to see the West Coast Classic uh, still go ahead and be able to to get a league in. You know, a lot of the young guys I think really benefited. I know uh, just from the Hawks' point of view, it was mm. it was fantastic. Some of the young guys be able to cut more of a responsibility than than other uh, years would have gone if you had two imports. So it's, uh, you know, and now the SBL is going to become the NBL one West. Yep. And uh, there's some big things happen over here in W. I love the, the fact that all these leagues are going to the NBL one and, and, and eventually going to have that national tournament at the end yep. of the year as well. It gives a little bit extra incentive, I think, to kind of win. And there's always kind of been in the back of, everyone's mind who's got the better league the sbl the mm. the seabl all, all the you know the qbl all these different leagues that are around australia well now we get to find out the best from each of these leagues get to come together and have a national tournament so that's going to be fun and, and i love the fact that they're all going to be broadcast and yep. um, live stream so you can really see the up-and-coming talent because there is some great talent out there uh in all of australia but especially in the uh, sbl which will now be nbl one west 
Yeah, I think that's been the only thing holding the SVL back is the fact that um, unless you can watch the games live in person, you just don't get to... There was no way of being able to watch the games. I think the standard of the league has been pretty high for a long time, and, and now the fact that it's going to be able to be seen by the, the wider public, I think, is a, is a great thing. But the question everyone wants to know, Sean, will you be playing? Look, I haven't made that decision, so, yeah, we'll have to kind of wait and see. I, I said I'd probably give myself to the end of December. That's not mm-hmm. too far off at the moment, but we'll uh, we'll just kind of wait and see. The good thing is I do got a little bit more time because I think the league doesn't start off until April. Okay. So yeah. it's, uh, it's becoming tougher and tougher to fit in those trainings behind coaching so many teams and, and, and coaching so many kids. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I still do miss playing, but I do turn 40. Um, this year, Pikey, so I'm not mm-hmm. sure uh, That's only not a month sure away, if that excludes it? me, is, is, is it? it? <laughs> your birthday's in January, isn't it? Yeah, is the NBL West an under-40s league, or can you still play if you're 40? Uh, you can still play. You can still, you can absolutely still play. Oh, okay. I'll have to check the bar rules uh, there as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we can always make an exception for for someone like you, like you, Sean. Um Either way, I think it'll it'll be fantastic to to see what the the league becomes next year. Um, so obviously that's still a while away. We've got an NBL season to get through first, and before that, we've got Christmas to get through. Um, what is Christmas this year looking like in the Redditch household? Is it is it much different than than any other year because of COVID, or pretty much business as usual? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think I mentioned earlier, we were supposed to be in the U.S., so it was yeah. supposed to be uh, freezing cold mm. and playing uh, in the snow, but that's obviously it's not going to happen. Degrees. So, um, I, you know, it says it's going to be a hot one here, WA. I'll be at the beach early, Christmas gifts um, with the kids. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where I guess always having to be in season and playing and going to the next game it, it, mm. for me i do just enjoy just having a relaxing christmas being able to you know go out to the pool and, and have a little swim and just uh maybe even have an afternoon nap and uh just enjoy enjoy christmas with the family um, probably a little bit more low-key than than normal but uh, i think we can all appreciate that uh 2020 has been a little bit different year mm. and uh and just the fact that we can have a, a christmas and get together with, with friends and family um, is going to be uh, is going to be I guess something I'm looking forward to. Well, following on from what Damo talked about, um, can you give our listeners a little Christmas treat? What was one of those most inappropriate gifts that that the Secret Santa came up came up with? Well, I don't know about the most inappropriate one. I just remember we always knew it was Damian Martin's gift because it was <laughs> it was wrapped in newspaper. He couldn't even find. <laughs> of course. Or it was just a, or it was just a, a Woolworth shopping bag. He didn't even he didn't even wrap it. You just knew which gift Damo brought because he didn't even have the time to uh, yeah, yeah. to wrap it up properly. That is that is no surprise. I don't think that would surprise surprise anybody, um, given we all know how forgetful he was. I'm sure he only picked up whatever he bought on the way to on the way to to wherever you were that that morning. He would have it would have been very much a last minute thing. I'm pretty sure he, he gave away some training wildcat training shorts to a bunch of wildcat <laughs> training players. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no question. Um, well, Sean, this has been a fun show. I'm very glad to be back doing doing this show. Thanks to Hoops Heaven with you again. Um, I'm glad that you've committed to come back for another season with me. I there's been plenty to cover. Thanks to Damien Martin for joining us. Thanks to Hoops Heaven for making it possible. And thanks to you, Sean. Merry Christmas to you and. I'll leave you to, to say farewell to, to our loyal listeners. Well, thanks, Pikey. Uh, Merry Christmas to our listeners and uh, look forward to uh, another great season of NBL basketball here on Hoops Heaven. Merry Christmas! It's cold outside, but the fire keeps us warm. We can spend the night underneath the mistletoe. And I've gotten you present that I put under the tree. Tomorrow it is Christmas, the first for you and me. The snow is falling down and the storm is on its way. But as long as you're around, everything will be okay.
this holiday with you. Tomorrow it is Christmas, the first for me and you. I've longed for this moment to have you for myself in a cabin out of nowhere, just us and no one else. I've decorated everything to be perfect for this week. Tomorrow. difference this time is that ever since July I've been happier than I have ever been it's safe to say that my love for you is true tomorrow it is Christmas the first for me and you I've longed for this moment to have you for myself in a cabin Tomorrow